Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Healthy Innovators. My name is Barry Schreier and I'm the founder of Giant Health. We are a global community of people who are passionately involved in healthcare, well-being and innovation to improve the well-being of people around the world. Our goal is to promote innovation in healthcare and to support health tech entrepreneurs. As you know, we have this show, Healthy Innovators, where we bring in some very talented and motivated and capable people. Tonight, I'm really pleased to be joined by Katz and Mark. Thank you very much for coming along tonight. Really, really grateful to have you guys on board, and uh, I'm humbled to have you guys with us. So thanks so much. Really, really grateful. The format tonight is I'm going to ask uh, Mark and Katz to introduce themselves, and then, uh, as we do in uh, every show, we're going to talk about leading issues in health and wellness and to talk about some of the main opportunities where tech innovation can help to improve outcomes and save money. So thank you very much for watching and we're glad to have you on board. Mark, please, if you can introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days. Sure, thank you, Barry, for the opportunity. So uh, I'm Mark Duman. I'm a pharmacist by profession, but mm -hmm. no longer by practice. Uh, so I call myself a recovering clinician in <laughs> that I'm trying to do less about caring for patients and more about coaching patients and citizens. Oh, okay. uh, we talk a lot about self-management. It's in every policy document. Uh, I was involved maybe 30 years ago in doing stuff with the King's Fund and others, mm -hmm. and the policy's there, but practice-wise, we need to do a little bit more, and I think digital can really help with some of that. Excellent. Uh, I'm also a patient. I have type 2 diabetes, although I was just saying before, the, before we went live that I, I'm working hard to reverse that. Right. And again, technology has played a role in that, which we may come on to later. Sure. And I'm an embarrassed management consultant. Oh. <laughs> so uh, so I call myself a recovering clinician, a proud patient advocate, yes. and embarrassed, not because, I mean, management consultant's great, in mm. theory, mm -hmm. um, but at the moment I'm working with several digital, I prefer to call it therapeutic organizations. Oh, interesting. Um, and trying to get them into both life sciences and into the NHS. Oh, excellent. So that's a few me. small challenges. Just a little, yeah. but uh, I always, as a Scotsman, I like opportunities to uh, either go through, go under, go over the, the challenge that's there. So yes. uh, the more challenges, the better. Yep, that no, sounds good. Nice to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. Me. And the cats, hello. Hey, now I'm Kat Keeney <laughs> yeah. and I am now running a company called Beep, which Beep. is the Behavioural Enterprise Engagement Platform. Oh, nice. Um, which is... Uh, essentially, it's over the last 18 years I've been spending a lot of time trying to figure out how you use digital to get people to talk to each other and to collaborate. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went to Burning Man. Mm -hmm. And oh, while wow. I was at Burning Man, I realized that actually when people are in the right environment, people are incredible. Mm. They're vivacious and creative and yes. innovative and they can make anything happen. Yeah. And having spent a lot of time in big companies and organizations like the UN mm -hmm. and seen how the workplace can have a massive impact on people's well-being, mm -hmm. I decided to do something about it. Nice. So I left Burning Man with a mission, oh, wow. which was two things. Yes. One of them was about how do you make the workplace more people-friendly. Mm -hmm. Uh, to allow people to be the best they can be because actually when they're not being the best they can be they get stressed sure. They get ill they make mistakes mm. uh, And the other thing was about how can you actually then You there I'm also part of lots of networks like innovation for jobs and hundred percent human and yeah. Yeah. Um, And these networks have lots of very influential people and we mm -hmm. come together in events once twice three times a year 
we get together because we're passionate about changing the world. Yes. And then we disappear and go back to our jobs and forget about it ever happening. So I thought, okay, what can I do to help big companies be less crap to their employees? <laughs> mm -hmm. And at the same time, how can we start to power these networks to really drive positive change? Yes. And so that's what Beep is doing. Excellent. We're selling to corporates mm -hmm. and gifting to not-for-profit networks. Mm -hmm. Oh, fabulous. So Beep, what does it stand for again? The Behavioral Enterprise Engagement Platform. So it's a okay. mobile first platform mm -hmm. and it encourages people to talk about the things that get in the way of them doing their best work. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. it encourages them to come together to find groups around when people are saying the same sort of thing. Yes. And then it brings them into design thinking workshops so that they can actually find problems to uh, solutions to the problems that they've identified and refined. Yeah. So it's Fantastic. based on behavioral science. Yes. It's all about how do you help people be the best they can be, mm -hmm. as opposed to now, which is all of our operating models are basically making people the worst they can be. Well, and that's yeah. having a massive impact on... This issue of uh, workplace wellness and yeah. mental health more broadly, I think, is growing in its popularity or, or at least uh, its awareness. And uh, so very, very interesting. Love to hear more about that as we discuss this tonight. Thank you very much for the introduction. Does that relate at all to patient issues and the role of the patient in the, in the wellness or in the healthcare environment? Well, I mean, I think to be honest, patients are people first and foremost. Yes. And what you're trying to do that. is, well, you're trying to get a patient back to being a person. Yes. When I wake up in the morning and the first thing I have to think about doing, uh, well, first of all, is waking up, yes. but uh, <laughs> is actually going to a medicines cabinet and taking something to fix me. Because of your diabetes. Because of my diabetes, which right. thankfully I'm off my meds. But anybody who's got a long-term condition or even an acute condition and having to take antibiotics, you know, by taking a medicine, you're reminding yourself that you're broken, which is mm. never really a great psychological place to start from. No. So, so how do we use medicines or technology, uh, behavioral change and wellness to get patients back to being whole people? Right. And I think the t thing you touched on is, you know, whether you're in the workplace, whether you're at home, it's about focusing on people's assets, not just their deficits. Yes. And an awful lot of healthcare is about what is wrong with you mm. and how can I fix you, mm -hmm. as opposed to a what is right with you and how can you, you know, enhance make your the, positives make the most of it. and share that with other people. Yes. But also, what can you do for yourself? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a key thing. And at the moment, what we're doing is we're doing an awful lot of stuff in digital around helping people with different supply channels. Here's a telly this and here's a telly that and here's a digital that. Right. What we're not necessarily doing is actually changing the, the whole demand model. Oh. And what we need to begin to say is, hold on a minute, guys, the first person to look after yourself is mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. or your family or your friends. Yes. You know, and, that, and how do we use digital for those that are digitally literate to yeah. engage in that particular approach? Yes. So it's, well, it's, it's not wellness. necessarily the norm, is it? I mean, it might sound incredibly obvious, <laughs> but it's not necessarily the case that we're always concerning ourselves with our own mm -hmm. well-being mm -hmm. and taking appropriate steps until something's broken. Well, I think, I think we do more on you know, researching our mortgage and our houses and our insurance policies and all the rest of it than we do for our health. Yes. I think in the, in the UK specifically, we've got a little bit of a nanny state. There's a little bit of, you know, hmm. drink and be merry and the NHS will pick up the pieces. Actually, that's interesting. Um, yeah. And we have a human sort of rights focus as opposed to a citizen responsibility perspective. Yes. You know, so I'm, I've lost three stone. What's my responsibility to go into my synagogue? But there's mm -hmm. also other overweight mm -hmm. Jewish men who eat too much yeah. and say to them, okay, guys, you know, I've done it. Uh, how can I help you do it? Mm -hmm. So 
thinking, thinking a wee bit more broadly than just me, thinking a little bit about community and citizenship as well. The personal responsibility Correct. theme Correct. is uh, developing. Is that part of the, the wellness and workplace as well? well um, so whether you're working at um, a pharmaceutical <coughs> company, you're working at the UN, or you're working in a hospital, mm -hmm. if the operating model that you're working within yeah. uh, stops you being proud, stops you getting on with your work, mm. it has a massively um, mm. negative impact on people. Right. So, and, and it's the same with any company. The mm. nurses and the doctors are your front line. Mm. And if they're not feeling good about themselves yes. and they're not feeling empowered to make decisions and they're not being rewarded mm, and mm. recognized and recommended and all of those things that makes humans actually Thrive. as good as we can be, yes. then the way they interface with those patients at a time when they most need people to be positive and caring Supportive. and empathetic, yes. it, it's not going to happen. So mm. I, I would, you know, they're... they're are massive changes needed in the way that leadership is um, carried out across all organizations, whether it be hospitals, mm. whether it be the UN, it's the same thing. It's like unless the leadership understand that the people who are working for them are not numbers. Exactly. They're people. Yes. And if you make them feel better about what they're doing, A, they're going to be completely in when they're at work, and B, they're going yes. to be better for your customers. And uh, in the absolutely. health services case, Alignment. those customers are the patients yeah. and mm. they need that more than ever they need people to mm. be positive and inspiring and and i think you've touched mm. on a key point if i may barry uh, sure. sort of interject if you look at the medical profession they have the worst i believe addiction rate of any profession mm -hmm. there's an awful lot of burnout at the moment so mm -hmm. how do we care for those who care for us yes and with increasing pressures on the nhs uh shift work and all this sort of stuff you know i was sitting with a medic friend of mine yesterday and my 18 year old daughter wants to go into medicine and i've tried hard to put her off <laughs> you know, not in a bad way but you know this is really demanding malka you know you're gonna this is five six years of your life yes. and you know why not settle whatever mm. but she's she says it's my calling oh bless her you you know, and, and what's sad is going back to your point, which is when the very people whose whose passion and calling is to go and help other people then end up being help, need to be helped themselves. Yes, there's something wrong there, as you say, with with, with the workplace and the mm. environment we're mm. in. Mm. So, um, you know, yeah. yeah, big challenge. So, where is technology in this environment? Uh, obviously, what we're looking at on this program is tech innovation and how that can help. So uh, we have heard a lot, though, I think over the past few years, and especially more and more recently, about how, uh, in some respects, technology is a part of the problem, obviously with all the challenges of social media and the, yeah. the, the impact that may be having on teenagers and self-esteem and, and things like that. But maybe it's part of the problem. Maybe it also, though, can be part of the solution. So in terms of workforce, how can technology be deployed to help with these issues of what, what is it? Self-esteem, motivation, recognition, the basic stuff we, we, we want and deserve. So um, if you look at neuroscience, cognitive science, mm -hmm. um, there are two key states that people have. One of them is the reward state, uh, which we developed so we could keep social groups together. Right. Um, and a set of conditions create the, that reward state. And in the reward state, we're collaborative and, and innovative and all of those things. Right. Uh, and those conditions are around connectedness and empathy and certainty and I could go on. The, uh, the threat state, on the other hand, mm -hmm. um, and when we're in the threat state, we're not particularly collaborative because we developed that piece so that we could run away from big growly tigers. Oh, okay. Uh, we have then six times more neural pathways which are constantly looking for, for, for wow. a threat. 
So if you look at what the we're wired to yes. identify threats and yes. run. And so if right. you look at the workplace, um, every time a change comes at somebody out of the blue and they don't know why it's happened, and this is happening more and more in the technological world, yes. because we're constantly reorganizing and uh, yeah. uh, the impact it has, has on us is, uh, is that threat, threat state. In oh, which, interesting. Mm. Mm. So, so the platform we're building is helping leaders to, um, to set up the conditions that people need to be at their best, by which I mean mm. um, connection. Yeah. So we built that into the platform. Mm -hmm. Transparency. So actually we have a big screen visualization of how people are behaving in the virtual space. So oh, interesting. So see what's going on. Yes. Um, we bring people together into workshops so that people feel connected because mm -hmm. this connectedness can never be replaced. So Absolutely. even those moments of bonding mm -hmm. helps people uh, just to be the best they can be. So yes. in, in, and the other thing is every time we sell to a corporate, we gift to a not-for-profit network. So oh, superb. there's a sense of purpose there. And that's mm -hmm. so important for people's well-being. Yes. They're thinking not only are we benefiting from this because we're continuously improving the environment we're living in and being listened to and all of those things and mm. rewarded and recognized. Mm. But there's also this purpose piece, which is mm -hmm. helping these kind of not-for-profit networks to really make an impact on the world above and beyond the walls of our organization. Exactly, yeah. What a nice model, that's really attractive. Thank you. Yeah, no, really cool. <laughs> I'm just thinking about those issues and this, uh, what you call it, the reward state and the threat state and, and how maybe that filters into patient issues. And uh, I guess traditionally, you know, my GP would threaten me, and uh, I'm not sure if that was the, the best or not. Um, I'm sure everyone's heard this already, but of course, uh, I suffered from allergies, and I had all the tests, what do you call all the little tests in your yeah. back? And, um, my, and, and my doctor said, well, you're allergic to alcohol and cheese. <coughs> so I changed doctors. And uh, <laughs> I'm, not sure if her threat, I'm not sure if her threat state, you know, right. approach was the, was the way to do it. But you, you, you talk about being a patient advocate. Are there examples of, uh, of how you can, how do you say it, use technology to, to, to what? To, to um, apply the reward state more successfully or, yeah. or move it? Because what you're saying is yeah. the threat state isn't necessarily the best way of, of no. motivating. No, it's the worst thing you can... Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Was gonna, I was gonna give a personal example if I may. So, yeah. so September 2011, my, my doctor said to me, Mark, you're too fat and you get diabetes. I didn't change my doctor. I said to him, you're fat as well, um, but you don't have diabetes. Mm -hmm. uh, to which he said, okay, you're predisposed to it. You know. Um, oh, okay. So then for six years, I took medicines because that's what was prescribed. So mm -hmm. in a way, here's the, here's the, here's the fix it. Yeah. Uh, and then about nine months ago, I was sitting at my kitchen table looking at my nine-year-old daughter, six years of age, and I thought, you know what? If I don't get this under control and all this threat of your kidneys are going to fall off, your eyes are going to drop out, your feet are going to stop working, all this retinopathy and neuropathy and all the threat stuff mm. didn't mm. really stimulate. Yes. But looking at this little girl and thinking, if I don't sort myself out, in 20 years' time, I may not be at your wedding. You'll be gone suddenly made me think, hold on a minute, yes. there's something more important here than, yeah. than, than the threat. Yes. So it went back to that opportunity. Uh, and then I introduced a little bit of technology. I plugged in an, a, a, a glucose monitor, a flash glucose monitor that how, allowed how me to monitor. Work? What was that? Uh, are we allowed to advertise on this? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, so that was an Abbott Freestyle Libra. But was it a, a armband? Yeah, it just, it's just a, it's, you, you stick it in yourself. You just, right. you just, you, you self-administered. It goes in here, stays for two weeks. Right. Uh, and it's, it's not continuous blood monitoring. It's flash. So you have a little device and you just, as soon as you hold it up, it shows you your blood levels. Interesting. 
So I yeah. went out for dinner, had a salad, a tuna salad and a brown roll. And I thought, wow, that's great. And then because the kids, and I'm Scottish, the kids didn't finish their chips. So I had a few, but I just watched my bloods just go up like this. Now for normal people. Literally. Yeah, just I watched them going up. Yeah. Went from eight to 14. So you should take that off when dessert comes. Well, exactly. Yeah. Or just not bleep it. Yeah. And that was the point, but your bloods would go down your glucose, mine yes. stayed there for four hours. Oh. So external motivator being my daughter, yeah. some quantified self through technology, mm. and then mm. meeting a coach who said to me, I'll get you on a bicycle and we'll change the way you eat. Lo and behold, three months later, not on any medicines, lost two stone. And uh, you know, so, so, you know, I'm not in threat mode, but oh, wanting sure, yeah. to now share that with the community. Yes. And say to my colleagues, yeah. okay, let's do this. It can be done. That's superb. What a so good story. It's not a bad story. And I think there is something you touched on earlier. There's a little bit too much medicine and a little bit too much technology in medicine. Mm -hmm. And I think what we need to do is go back to that people bit and go back mm. to that connectivity bit. I'm not saying there's no technology. Yeah. Uh, the same way I'm saying there's no, shouldn't be no people. It should be a nice blend of technology yes. and people. It's not well, either or, it's both. I guess, isn't it? It is. I mean, yeah. this is great. And this tells me every hour to stand up and breathe. And so, of course, I ignore that. And, uh, so, Annette, you and, ignore and, the allergies, you yep. ignore breathing. I'm surprised you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> it's thinking about the kids' future right, and being at okay. their wedding. Fantastic. But, um, no, no, there is, there, there is an issue, isn't there, that you get wowed by the flashy new things, but those aren't necessarily the issue. But, um, no, and I but think the flashy new things can help, like that dashboard you talked about, the corp, what do you call it? Is there a word for it? The corporate wellness they dashboard? Just call it the big screen. The, the big, big screen. screen. Yeah. See, I think that's really cool. Yeah, hmm. but I think it's also how you bring technologies into an environment hmm. because going back to the threat state, right? even if you're bringing in a technology to your organization which you know is going to be good for the employees and hmm. for the patients, mm -hmm. if you just land it on them, Yes. They're not gonna. They're just not gonna fall in love with that because, again, your physiological reaction to that is, "What is this thing? Mm. Yeah. What is it gonna do? How yes. is it gonna affect me? How is it gonna affect?" Is it more and, work? And, and or what's worse like that? is that people mm. aren't even really very aware of where this stress is coming from. Mm. And so the way that manifests, and when they start talking about it, and mm -hmm. why they're not going to use the technology, and why it's rubbish, that comes from something that's very deep seated in, yes. into the way that things are done. So. I think you can't ever assume that technology is a solution. Well, no. It's an enabler. There, yeah. there, there's issues, yeah. I suppose, regarding usability, aren't there? And yeah. how technology is. Well, it can even be the most usable tested. thing in the world, right? But someone just culturally doesn't want to use it. I mean, back in '93, mm. we took a, an electronic health record system, installed it in a, in a hospital in Scotland, and the right. medical director wouldn't use it. Mm -hmm. Gave his passcode to his secretary, and the secretary was ordering surgical cardiothoracic sets because she happened to have his code. And I was like, look, there's a slight clinical and information governance issue here. Yes. And it took me six months to basically sit with him, get him in front of the computer, show how easy it was to literally scan his code, and then press a button that, lo and behold, post-surgery would simply populate with all the medicines and he was right. like what do you mean I don't need to fill it out and it was it, was it genuinely easy though yeah and yeah. they were just what reluctant it's, they it's, were it, it, it's, it's that it's but sadly people think you know it's technology and I don't do it and part okay. of me says technology has to be invisible because back to your point mm. It, mm. it needs to literally be seamless you yes know, it's not I'm toggling here I'm doing this yeah you obviously have to interact with it but I remember reading something in Wired many many years ago and it said a, a technology is only truly uh, accessible when it becomes invisible. No yes. one talks about a fax machine anymore, albeit. No one talks about, to have you got a kettle or a toaster at home? Yes, you know, it, yes. You know, it, it, I read recently that steel, of course, was right. an extraordinary new invention yeah. about 150 years ago, and everyone talked about it 
all the time. Yeah. And uh, you don't really have discussions at the pub these days about how amazing steel is. But, uh, well, one Some might. Do. Yeah, it depends on how much you drink. <laughs> All those metallurgist friends cheese, of yours. How much cheese you eat. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. And uh, I guess phones, I don't know about you guys. Uh, uh, I'm ancient. And, of course, the invention of the radio cell phone was quite extraordinary. And every year when a new phone came out, that was absolutely amazing. But now it's kind of boring when the latest, latest phone comes out. So you're right. It, it, it needs to become seamless to, how do you say it, make the biggest contribution yeah. to, to demonstrate that it has uh, embedded itself uh, as, as useful. And you said an interesting point earlier about technology. It's the old thing about nuclear. You know, there's positive to nuclear, there's negative to nuclear, yeah. there's positive to mobile phones, there's negative. And I think sometimes it's the, it's the cultural stuff. I mean, how many times have I said to my kids, could you get off your phone mm -hmm. while I'm on my phone? <laughs> I mean, so it's a bit like, you know, uh -huh. do, what I, do what I say, don't do what I do. Yeah. So, so there is something about looking at some of, the, some of the behaviors that we have. And it goes back to your point, I think, about where's our leadership with technology? You know, mm -hmm. Are we seeing leaders embracing technology for the right reasons? Mm. We have an NHS that is doing some really innovative stuff. Yes. But innovation isn't just about invention mm -hmm. and the shiny, steely metal thing. Yes. It's also about diffusion. Yeah, exactly. And we're not very good at diffusion. Implementation. Yeah. yeah not good what at do that. you experience when you're wanting to implement the Veep system? And uh, what are the challenges? How do you overcome those challenges? So people say, wow, I want to use this new thing. Well, the worst thing you can do as a leader is to buy something because you think it's a really good idea. Right. And then make people use it. But it's just force people to use it. Oh. Because immediately people go into that, well, I don't want to then. Mm. Because actually mm -hmm. we're preset mm -hmm. to want to make choices, to want to be involved. <coughs> so with Beep, we say to people, uh, to the leaders who are buying it, you, you can't tell people to use it. You need to let them know that it's there, yes. they want it and it's something that's there for them. Mm -hmm. And then you need to make sure that the stories of how people are using it mm -hmm. are celebrated, are rewarded, everywhere you possibly can. Nice. And then it's not uh, a conscious, because obviously 95% uh, of everything we do is habitual and not mm. conscious. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do, when we're trying to get people to use, whether it be a new way of working or a new technology, it's the same thing, mm -hmm. is turn something that's new when we're hardwired to resist change yes. into something that's habitual so you don't really notice you're doing it anymore yes. which is why you're telling your kids mm. to stop doing something you're doing yourself <laughs> because you're probably not even aware you're doing it because mm. it's become mm. a habit mm. um, so it's, it's about allowing people Mm -hmm. uh, creating a FOMO, making it into something people want to do yes. so that they come to you, to it, rather than being told that they have to. Are there power issues? Like the leadership might not want to release all this, how do you say it, um, capability or empower the, uh, the, the, the workforce or the, the clinician well, might not want the patient yeah. to be so quite so knowledgeable. Well, I, I think there's. I mean, there was a study done by the Royal College of General Practitioners. Practitioners, get that out. You yeah, know, that's only drinking water. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, in maybe September, they changed their name recently. Yes, possibly. <laughs> uh, maybe they should change their name. <laughs> anyway, that was saying the biggest the biggest issue with engaging and empowering patients. Right. Is clinicians. And I don't mean that from a bad way, but no. we are taught as clinicians to care for somebody. So someone appears and says, "I'm hungry." You've gone into the caring profession. What's the first thing you do? You feed them. Sure. To turn around and say, well, hold on a minute. How hungry are you? You're not starving to death, so hold on a minute. Mm -hmm. Can you cook? Mm -hmm. What have you got at home? Can I teach you to fish? 
Yes. It's a very different way of working. Actually, you know? that's interesting. So yeah. that that so so you feel a little bit negligent, and the mm. same way is with a, when you, you know when your kid falls off the bike, sure, and skins their knee, and you think, oh my goodness me, but hadn't they not done that, they would never have learned to ride. Mm. Mm. So there's something about again, if I continue to just focus on what's wrong with you and fix that all the time, as I said earlier, but your assets, your your assets never come out. It yes. Sounds a bit rude. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Yes, you know, exactly. Um, yeah. You know, and I think from what you've said is. It's not just about the leadership, but the, where do we get a groundswell and a grassroots movement mm -hmm. turning around and saying, actually, you know what, guys, it's not just about what you do up there, mm -hmm. but it's a pincer movement. It's what maybe they do up there. It's what we do here as well. Yes. You know? It's across the, the entire place. Led. It has to mm -hmm. be holistic, doesn't it? It mm -hmm. has yes. to be the senior leadership making a decision about doing things differently. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Mm -hmm. And my answer to you as far as leaders are generally a certain kind of person. Mm -hmm. They've generally a little bit psychotic, yes. by which I mean <laughs> their command and control well, and they know best and you know, um, so, but there's a shit, there's a societal shift, which means that... It is happening, isn't it? Yes, that yes. Ha it has to, the young, you know, the kind of millennials, mm. and I hate that word, mm -hmm. but they're, they're used to doing things in a different way. Mm -hmm. expect, they expect to get feedback immediately, they expect to be rewarded and recognised, and, mm -hmm. and they're not going to put up with anything else. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. just the millennials, I was coming on the train down today, and f I've travelled on, advert, Virgin yes. Trains for 15 years up and down from Manchester, fantastic service, right, 95% right? of the time. Everybody smiles, great customer service, going yeah. back to what you've said, and somebody gave me a grumpy face today. <laughs> so I tweeted. Uh -huh. So I tweeted, I said, for the first time in 15 years, somebody's obviously missed your customer excellence course. Yes. So they went, DM us, please tell us more. I said, no, no, I don't want to, I just want to get it off my chest. Yeah. Yes. And then something must have happened. Not, yeah. I don't think they communicated with him, but he must have got the vibe in the ether. And when he walked back, he said, is there anything else I could maybe help you with? And I just thought that was really interesting. There's no way that, that they've got in touch with the train and said something. Yes. But I just thought, you know, it was very interesting how I, I managed, I didn't want to take it further, but I sure. used technology to vent a little bit of frustration. Yes. And yeah. lo and behold, non-technology, it, it, it worked. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that was an interesting combination of technology and, and culture. Yes. And that, you know? yeah. So and I'll have people to People are empowered. And if you well, exactly. do something And technology wrong. does that. Yeah. Uh, essentially, I'll have to make sure that we watch the tweets after this episode and make sure that uh, I'm watching. I didn't name him or her, or her, you know. I didn't name him or her. So in that respect, technology uh, is empowering us and uh, enabling, and uh, those are goods, uh, but there's risks uh, associated with that. Uh, we have a few more minutes left, so what I'd like to do is just ask you guys if you have any uh, visions for the future, and uh, we're talking about technology and innovation and linking that to the world of wellness and, and healthcare. And uh, are there any particular things you're working on, or do you have any particular view? Well, we hope in five years, this type of thing. So um, do you want to add anything as we wrap up? Yeah, well, <clears throat> my entire thing is about empowerment. I know mm -hmm. for a fact, after years, if you empower people, give them autonomy, people start to shine. Yes. Mm -hmm. No matter what situation they're in. Yes. Oh my God, somebody's listening to me. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So my dream is that we're, we're building Beep and it's built for big organizations. Mm -hmm. And let me just say another statistic here. 87% of the worldwide workforce is disengaged from their jobs. Wow. And is whether that or not- Is controversial? That 80, 80 it's whatever very, percent? It's very, con it's very controversial. But what's weird is I use that to stimulate conversation when I'm in meetings. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's a Gallup figure. Um, some people say that the way that those statistics are collected are not ideal. Okay. But 
What gets me is I say 87% of the worldwide workforce are disengaged with their jobs. Quite shocking. And just about every time I say that to a senior leader, they say, I'm surprised it's not more. Well, wow, so, so a long way to go. So, yes. so, so the, Id the idea here is with, with <coughs> large organizations, if you can start to empower people, it's yes. better for companies, better for the people. Yeah. The way that Beat works is it um, connects people around shared problems. Excellent. So if we're selling to corporates, which are global distributed networks, and we're gifting to global distributed not-for-profit networks, yeah. my dream is in the future, five years, six years, seven years hence, We'll start to figure out what this new operating system looks like, where nice. actually people become problem solvers, yes. feel they have a voice, and actually start to come yep. together over shared issues and realize that there is no big plan. Yes, yes, exactly. We have the plan. Yeah. We can fix and it's up to the individuals. Pieces. Yes. And I would no, do that's fabulous. Yeah. yeah, thank you for sharing. How about you, Mark? Uh, in 20 seconds or whatever, um, I think it's a case of how do we move away from the doing two patients? Mm -hmm. Uh, not even the charitable model of doing for patients, but how do we do with patients? Yes. And even better, going back to your point, it. how do mm -hmm. we do from patients? You know, often we focus on unmet clinical need uh, in the NHS. There are 200 million touch points a year. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine 1% of them had a suggestion scheme that said, I saw this in this place and it worked really well, or why don't you do it this way? Yes. So how could we encourage those 200 million people to feedback to their NHS and mm -hmm. say, I think there's a better way to do this? Not, do you recommend this place to your friends and family, much as that's nice to get the Net Promoter School into healthcare, but something sure. that's very focused mm -hmm. on, this worked for me here, or how could you do it that way? Can you imagine the, the amount of stuff that we'd get in terms of fixing our be, NHS yeah. and fixing people? Astronomical, yeah. Excellent. Hey, well, look, at, nice to have you guys on board tonight. Thank, thank you. you so much, Katz, and uh, great to see you as always, and thank you for your valuable contribution. Thank really you. appreciate it. And likewise, Mark, good to see you. Good to be here. Thanks thank you. for your humor from where is it, Scotland? It's, and, a, it's, it's a mix. Oh, okay. you know, there's a little bit of American in there, a little bit of English, a bit of Irish, whatever you want. But you great know. to have you guys on board and really appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you very much. And, Thank you. Uh, Thank you very uh, glad to have you guys with us. Thank so uh, once again, my name is Barry Schreier, and uh, I'm the founder of Giant Health. Uh, I've been joined by Mark and Katz on tonight's episode of Healthy Innovators. We hope you've enjoyed it and look forward to seeing you guys in the future. Lastly, Giant Health is a global community of everybody who's involved in healthcare and tech and innovation. We invite you to write to us, to join our community, to come to our annual event about healthcare. And if there's anything we can do to support you, if you're a startup looking for funds, if you're an established clinician looking for partners, if you're a big global corporate in need of uh, a um, workplace uh, empowerment program, we're trying to mix all this up and bring in everyone together. So we'd love to hear from you, our viewers. Thank you very much.